Welcome to the Uncovering China's Market podcast series. I am Nicole, your host. I am with Xnote Singapore, Enterprise Singapore's Global Innovation Alliance partner for China to help Singapore technology startups and SMEs set up, test bait and commercialize their solutions or co-innovate with partners in Shanghai and Shenzhen. Listen in as we explore how things are unfolding differently in the world's second largest economy. Recognize and learn from China's innovation advantage and make it your own. Welcome to today's episode on internationalization in China with our guest speaker, Wei Zhou. I am Nicole, your host. For today's conversation, we will focus on the current trends in China, differences between the Chinese market and the rest of the world, and some challenges and risks for foreign startups. Let me just briefly introduce Wei first. Wei Zhou is founder and CEO of Xnode, the leading Chinese platform for global innovation. Before that, from 2007 to 2014, Wei was the founder of the Gravia Service Residence and Hotels. He successfully exited in 2014 and sold this property to a Japanese-listed RE company. Wei has been sitting on the board of Entrepreneur Organization's Shanghai chapter from 2011 to 2015 and has extensive connections with China's entrepreneur community. From 2000 to 2015, Wei was a consultant with Roland Berger Strategy Consultants. All right, let's dive in. So first question to Wei, what do you feel are the current trends in China? Well, I think to summarize, I can see a couple of major trends that are happening in China now. First, I would like to say, same as the rest of the world, we have seen a massive new round of digitization that is happening across different regions, different industries. And secondly, given the, the recent COVID, I think the global exposure that has definitely been reduced. And uh, instead, I think China has very much shifting a lot internally. And uh, basically, the government also has a very clear agenda to prop up domestic consumption and also to further grow the Chinese domestic market. And number three, also, the competitive landscapes get increasingly intense I think within the market itself. I think the competition is really getting intense. And also, same as the rest of the world, the generation, the new generation has, because of technology reasons, because of the new age reasons, because every digitalization reasons, the custom behavior have really shifted quite a lot. And uh, China specifically, because of over the past, China merely opened up to the rest of the world over the past 30 years. So coupled with these reasons mentioned above, there's even more radical changes in terms of customer behavior. So the brands are finding increasingly difficult, but also the urgency to basically adapt to the new needs of the customers and to serve the needs of these new customers. And finally, you can see a clear growth of the private sector and the social sectors. So these are what I see as major trends happening in China. Thanks, Wei, for sharing on that. So I understand that digital tools are used a lot in China today. So which will you say will be the main digital tool? Yeah, apparently, I think there's quite some different tools in different industries, different functions. I would mention specifically a tool, which is a WeChat work. I think as most of you guys maybe already know, WeChat is number one social media in China with 1.2 billion, if I'm correct, or 1.3. Anyway, I think it's definitely more than a billion users. So WeChat Work is actually the digital tool developed by the same company, Tencent, for the enterprise use. Now the WeChat Work have already 
served and connected with over 400 million users through the WeChat work. So through this new digital tool platform, I think the customers can be managed is through the customer acquisition, operation, transaction, payment, and the management, et cetera, et cetera. So I think if you combine WeChat social media and the WeChat work together, we are talking about world's largest user base, perhaps. I mean, with the exception of the Facebook, and it's definitely the number one in China. And I don't think any companies will be able to function without using the WeChat here in China. So this is by far the number one tool that is being used. Indeed, I fully agree. And it's amazing um, the extent to which the number of functions and the reach WeChat work actually have today. Yes. So as the second largest economy behind the United States, are you able to shed some light on the differences between the Chinese market and the rest of the world? That's an interesting question. So again, I don't think I can cover in full details. I would like to summarize maybe a few key points. The point number one, I would argue that there's big differences in terms of scale of resources. Although the United States is a big country itself, but compared to China, then let's use the number of the STEM graduates in both countries. I think China would have almost less than five times of the STEM graduates as compared to the U.S. What that means, that means China is simply producing the world's largest pool of engineers and scientific background students, which obviously empower the country to focus and develop more science innovation tools and the products and services. And I think also in 2019, for the first time, China has surpassed the U.S. as the top source of international patent applications filed with the WIPO. And this is very much also have recently happened also because of the size of the market. And I think the number two, the most notable difference is the role of the government. Apparently, with a single party system here in China, we see a very much a very efficient and top-down approach for the government to issue macro policies, prioritize the domains that the country wants to develop, and specifically also in the area of innovation technology. So you can clearly see a very visible hand playing the role of guiding, leading, supporting, and even monitoring. And sometimes I would argue that this is actually far more efficient compared to the other countries, specifically the U.S., because of the size of these two countries. There are definitely other differences, but I would argue these two are perhaps the, the major two differences. I hope that's clear for the audience. On this note, is there any specific policy or grant you can share with us for foreign companies keen to expand to China? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, foreign companies, when they come to China, then, I mean, they're obviously looking for a market here in China. China is at the moment the world's second largest market and soon to be world's largest market. So I assume foreign companies, when they expand to China, they're looking at the markets. And talking about specific grants and the policies, different regional governments and the different city levels have different supporting policies in place that include some might offer the rental subsidy, some might offer the tax rebase, some might offer, you know, the talent visas or pension subsidy, etc., etc. But all in all, the Chinese government is very much welcoming intentional startups and scale up specific tech companies coming to China, explore the China market and set up a foothold in China market. And uh, there's no sort of national policies designed for these type of specific companies. 
But I would argue that different regional governments definitely have different policies. For example, to a certain extent, we are seeing Shanghai is competing with the neighbor province of Jiangsu and Zhejiang in welcoming, in retaining the excellent quality of foreign startups and scale-ups. But obviously, when it comes to specific policies, it varies from city to city, province to province. And we have to look at the case-by-case basis. I see. So if this is the case, for example, if I'm a startup keen to penetrate the China market, I do need to do prior research to see which city exactly I'm keen to explore first. Am I right? Yes. Uh, yes and no. Because I think, again, the China's the market is very much different from the rest of the world. I think with the major differences, I would summarize as a few. Number one, the tech infrastructure. So for example, when we come to the some of the basic tech tools that these foreign companies are using in their home countries, namely Google Cloud, Amazon Cloud, Google, Facebook, and these digital tools and applications, none of these are available in China. Okay, so you have to use the domestic versions, i.e. AliCloud, Tencent Cloud, and WeChat. For example, I just mentioned about WeChat and the other tech applications. So we're talking about completely different tech infrastructure. So before you come, I think there's a lot of basic homework you need to do. And when it comes to specific landing place, I would argue that normally, because China has a, such a massive domestic market and the size of the country is massive, the north and south, east and west are very different. So normally, most of the foreign companies we have seen so far, normally they will pick Shanghai. And I think we are seeing more numbers of international companies actually choosing Shenzhen at the landing pad location. Sort of, you want to explore the China market to explore whether there's a product market fit before you officially settle down and then open the set up a foothold in China market. So normally we're seeing these two cities, specifically Shanghai, as the gateway for China to the rest of the world. So I don't really see the companies actually immediately going to the inland provinces and looking for their clients and the customers. Normally, they need to get oriented. They need to get familiar with the local market. They need to understand what are the differences first before they start talking to the real customers and potential partners. I see. Thank you for the very clear steps and advice, Wei. Seems like I do need to do a lot of homework before I even start exploring the Chinese market. All right, so moving on to our last discussion point for this episode. So there are many foreign companies keen to tap into the huge China market. What will you say are the main challenges and risks for such startups? Ah. <laughs> well, I think this is a very big question. Uh, again, let me try to analyze it in a way that potentially I think is going to share some lights for those companies who are keen to tap into the China market. The challenges and the risks are... I think this one speaks for itself. And in China, let me put in this in perspective. Chinese are the language of two, five thousand years. And uh, there's so much history in the language itself. I'm not trying to say that everyone in modern China in the studies that, but the fact that of the matter that the language nuances are directly related. And so the bottom line here, people are different and they've grown up using very different services that we used to. They have different expectation products, how they function where or when they use them, the user experience, etc., etc. There's a lot of cultural differences, social differences, political differences, maybe even religious differences. And for all these differences, I think you need to get prepared for that and also take a very humble approach and basically come and learn. No matter how much knowledge you have, you should start thinking of, you know, nothing about this country and start from scratch. Okay? And secondly, I mentioned about Shanghai as the major gateway of the China to the rest of, of the country. 
However, Shanghai is not real China. Okay, so when a lot of people come to Shanghai, they travel around Shanghai, they walk around Shanghai, they walk in the streets, they go to the shopping malls, they see the city, they're impressed, they say, oh, this is China. No, it is not. I mean, Shanghai is just a, a modern version of international version of China. And if you go to south, if you go to west, if you go to north, and then China has very different regions and even each different region have different dialects. And sometimes the custom behavior are very different. Although there's a Mandarin as a unified one simple language for the country, but still, it's very hard to set up a unified way and so that you can use it from this province to that province. So there's so many different nuances and the subtlety different areas that you need to really get to understand and get to know. So again, finding local partners will become one of the very critical challenges. So can you find the right partner? And can you build a trust with the local party you've selected? And to what extent two can develop a successful business model? Coming back to question number one. It's about understanding the differences, the cultural differences, the other differences, so that you can truly unite the minds in one unit. And the number three challenge, I would say the cybersecurity, the data privacy is very much different. And uh, in the West, also data privacy is very much highly strictly implemented. But China, the data privacy and the data access, the implementation, the policy of using that is still very much different. Although we see recently the Chinese government has issued different policies to start regulating on this Data Protection Act. But still, in large areas, and China still has a very liberal and open policies on this data access, which obviously provide a, a interesting angle for the international companies. But international companies, on the other hand, I think they also worried about this intellectual property, this data privacy, etc., etc. There are a lot of necessary conversations that the company need to have with lawyers, with local experts, basically to figure out a consistent data and IP strategy. And I would say the final challenge, and I wouldn't call it a risk, but a challenge is people underestimate how competitive China is. A lot of people say, hey, you know, because you have your own tech infrastructure, you have been protected by local government. So because you are being protected in a very much locked in market, so therefore you're not that competitive. So if I have really outstanding technology, outstanding products and services, I mean, I can sell easily in China. Is that true? No. People underestimate how intensely competitive within China itself of the domestic company, how intensely they're competing with each other. In almost every segment you are seeing, there's a Red Sea model there. So people are competing head to head. There's cutthroat competition everywhere. So the foreign companies, startups, scale-ups, you must have your own proprietary special competitive advantage to be able to survive in China. What does that mean? For example, you might own one of the most advanced technology, deep technology that Chinese companies don't really have yet. Or you might have a specific special advantage that the other people don't have. For example, a specific IP that you own the exclusive rights of it. Otherwise, if you're thinking of competing with Chinese domestic clients and the companies, you need to get really prepared for that. This is not an easy market for you to survive. And lastly, I would say challenges, I wouldn't call it a risk, is because of government, as I said in the previous question, that plays a very important role in China and in the so-called Chinese innovation ecosystem, startup ecosystem, government is actually in the very center of it. So for most of the international startups, scale-ups, dealing with Chinese government agencies, public sector has always been one of the major challenges. So you need to find the right local employee or the local partner to help you navigate the so-called the black boss of China. So this is how I summarize the challenges and risks for overseas startups and scale-ups. 
Thank you, Wei, for your perspectives and very useful information to any startup who is keen to explore the Chinese market. So a big thank you to Wei for your time today. We hope our listeners have found this episode useful in your plans to expand to China. If you enjoyed this episode, there will be more coming. So subscribe to our Spotify and Apple podcast channels. Thank you, everyone, for your listening. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there will be more coming. So subscribe to our Spotify and Apple podcast channels. We'll also love to have you over at thexnote.sg website to know more about our programs and activities that will grant you access to the Chinese market, including potential investors, partners, customers, and talent resources. Music